All right, hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Spoiler Alert. Uh, we are real famous now. Ty got us going on the TikTok, so we're, we're official. I'm on the talk, everybody. We're doing the damn thing. Feel like it's a little out of our age group. Um, but, you know, we're right on the edge, I think. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I think people realize that we're just a couple, uh, like, I don't know, 30-year-old, almost damn near 30 years old, and uh, TikTok's not really our thing, so we're going to make it work, though. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll we'll reel in the kids. That doesn't sound like a good thing to say, but that that's what we're doing. It took a lot of time to make that TikTok, by the way. So I hope people appreciate. It. Yeah, I, they they should. I don't. <laughs> so I I put it up on our YouTube. How many views did it end up getting on TikTok? If you last you saw, um, I think we were up over two hundred. So I mean, that's like good enough numbers. Two thirteen is the final count so far. We got way more on YouTube. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let me let me see. Uh, five hundred ninety-seven. We we're doing yes. it, and yeah, that like resulted the... in three more subs. So go. There us. we go. <laughs> the tweet the tweet I posted about our episode last week with the Spotify link ended up. It was supposed to be seen by up to six thousand people. It ended up being seen by thirteen point two thousand, but I think about three people clicked the link. So thanks. Maybe Elon. next. Maybe next week I'll boost the YouTube episodes since that's a little bit easier to get to. Yeah. Maybe more people have YouTube than Spotify. Surely they do, so. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, when we were like, all right, where do we put this? And we're like, all right, Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled up. I'm like, all right, where are most podcasts listened to? And YouTube held the most of that market share, and I was shocked. Probably just people sitting in the office throwing it on the background, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. But anyways, another week of the podcast another week of movies so uh we're, we're getting into a groove so we're gonna have upcoming movies this week i think a couple of them were well one we're definitely excited for uh, a couple oh, yeah. were like all right we'll see what happens there uh we'll pop into some movie news like usual and then i saw knock at the cabin a few days ago and ty went to see that in theater so we're gonna do a little mini review here it's not gonna be the the main segment, but we'll do a little mini review. And then finally, we're going to get into Ty's favorite topic, Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. We got a big week next week. Well, technically this week, I guess if you're listening now, with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania coming up. So we figured we're going to do our favorite Marvel movies. And I think we're going to have differing opinions on it. I do, too. <laughs> but, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens there. Uh, so let's get into it. Upcoming movies of the week. Talk about the main Main event, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, Scott Lang is back, and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, they're exploring the Quantum Realm, where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. And if you play Marvel Snap, they got some new, uh, some new cards out there, some new variants um, representing the Quantum Universe. I need to look into that. I have it downloaded and haven't really dug too much into it because I'm oh. such a Hearthstone guy. Shout out to Hearthstone. But well, you should like it then. Exactly. I'm such a Marvel guy that I should like this. And uh, co-creator of Hearthstone made it. Yeah. Uh, ben Brode, right? I don't know. <laughs> <That's>, uh, sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I just think it's something like that. See, I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. No, but definitely. It's fun game. The biggest thing and why I think I play it so much because a game can last like two minutes. You can run through a ton of them very quickly. 
that's great because Hearthstone ends up taking way too long and yeah. it makes me very mad. <laughs> Fair enough. That's dude, I haven't played it in a while, but we can get into that. That's on a whole a different podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and they're coming out, Ty. We are both going to see it opening weekend. Um, th- and then next week, we'll likely do a review on it. Yeah, should be a good episode. I'm going Thursday at four o'clock. They start at three o'clock. I figured, ah, eh, I'll give myself a little bit of time. I'll go to the four o'clock show. So my uh, my dad will always do a horrible thing when we would see a movie on opening night. We'd go, you know, a little earlier, and then well, let's say it was for like a Star Wars or something. Um, there'd be a line for for all the people um, <laughs> waiting to see it, and you walk <laughs> past them, and you say a spoiler that isn't true. So who was oh, walking past? Man, I can't believe Obi Wan killed Yoda. You know, some shit like that. <laughs> it's a, something that's, that's very hilarious. obviously not true, but yeah, you know, maybe someone will believe it. That's hilarious. Oh my! So don't need to get too much into Ant Man since we're going to go way more in depth next week. Uh, so next year, who are you people? Uh, this was an- yet another movie where I'm like, yeah, this is a uh, this is a uh, comedy. No, this is a serious movie. But let me read you the the description here. After a botched attempt to seduce her English teacher, 16-year-old Alex runs away from boarding school to seek out the biological father her mother always kept hidden and learn the dark secret of her roots. So, I don't know. (laughs) Anytime uh, you hear the first sentence there, I'm like, yeah, this is a comedy. Someone's trying to seduce their teacher. Uh, Apparently not. I mean, yeah, like this is just all over the place here. Seducing your English teacher, running away from boarding school, seeking your father. Like, I hadn't heard of this movie either, so we'll see. But uh, not on my radar. Yeah, no, not not really on mine either. And I was looking, trying to see if I recognize anyone. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, not a great thing when the the story is about. Uh, underage girls trying to seduce people, and the director's last name is Epstein. Wow. So, yeah, that that's where we're at. Huh. Anyways, moving on to the next movie. This one I I might see. It's I, I'm not big into politics. I I hate politics, but this sounds somewhat interesting. It is called Eighty Eight, financial director for a Democratic super PAC behind a front runner presidential candidate investigates donations uncovering a conspiracy so i don't know if this is based on a true story or anything like that um probably is the director has one name kind of like beyonce uh aramos <laughs> so that's cool um i don't know like i said i'm not super into politics at all uh seems interesting enough of the 48 ratings it already has it has an 8.6 out of 10 so i don't know what that tells you but here we are. Yeah, it sounds interesting enough. Uh, as far as political movies, though, I agree. I'm not really big into that. So I don't know if it's on my radar either. But, you know, maybe it's doing well. So good for them. And good for the Beyonce of uh, this movie, whatever his name was. <laughs> uh, next one is called The Weapon. Dallas is a one-man killing machine on a mysterious rampage. His attacks on biker gangs and meth labs anger the Vegas mob boss who's holding Dallas's girlfriend hostage. But who is Dallas working for? Even torture won't make him talk, and he won't stop until justice is served. So, uh, bring back uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't know the last movie he's in. 
he was in, but uh, he is back. Wow, I have not heard of this one either, but that sounded electric after reading it. Uh, a one-man killing machine on a serious rampage? Count me in. I think I want to see this one. He hasn't been in anything since 2020. I don't even know if he was like a star of this movie. Oh, God, that poor man. No, I, I w- <laughs> you know what? I would, take, I would take a break, too, because the last movie he was in was Life in a Year starring Jaden Smith. So fuck all that. Wow. And you know what? I just looked at the cast for the movie The Weapon, and uh, we have a UFC fighter in the movie. Former UFC fighter in the movie. Did you see that? There he is! The cowboy himself. Donald Cerrone, baby. I did not see that the first time, but that makes sense. Wow. So there we go. We have more reason to see it now. That's why he retired. He had to go do this. He had to become The Weapon. Also, he was getting his ass beat, so... Yeah, and he's old as dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, next movie here, Devil's Peak. Um, surprisingly, it's, it sounded like a horror movie. It is not a crime thriller. Set in the North Carolina Appalachian Mountains, an 18-year-old Jacob McNeely is torn between appeasing his meth dealing... A lot of meth in, in these upcoming movies. Appeasing his meth dealing kingpin father and leaving the mountains forever with the girl he loves. That's tough choices here. Uh, meth or the girl he loves? Wow, uh, that is Billy Bob Thornton in the poster. That is Billy Bob Thornton. That is unrecognizable almost. Wow. Well, you know, have you seen Sling Blade? Just bits and pieces or like clips online. I'm always shocked to know that's him too. Yeah. He's like, he's. I see Jackie Earl Haley's in this too, and he's well known for being uh, Rorschach in The Watchmen. And uh, Robin Wright from uh, House of Cards. And Forrest Gump. She was Jenny. I forgot about that. This one kind of sounds interesting, though. I'll give him that. Uh, this, I mean, I'm seeing this if it gets good reviews. Yeah, that looks decent enough. Billy Bob is a very dynamic actor. And I guess when your name's Billy Bob, you, you got to be somewhat dynamic. Yeah, you got to be able to reinvent yourself instead of just being Billy Bob. Uh, also was married to Angelina Jolie. Fun fact. Yeah, didn't they wear each other's blood around their neck or something like yeah, that? They did. They did. We I don't know why I know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> I'm a werewolf. Uh, you, you know who you are. <laughs> you know you're listening. <laughs> All right, next movie. It's a family movie, drama movie. When a girl finds a lost horse, she enters a barrel racing competition and becomes champion in the movie Heart of a Champion. I also feel like they kind of like gave away the, the movie there. She becomes champion. They said it right there in the description. They might as well just call it Horse Girl in the movie, because that's about all the people that are going to go see this. It's just horse girls. Right. Their long-ass ponytails down to their <laughs> knees. All gums, no teeth. <laughs> all gums, no teeth. <laughs> Man, this is, uh, I don't know. I obviously, we, we don't care about that movie. That, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yeah, the, the memes about it will probably be funny, though. And then, uh... Missed a couple here. So uh, Marlowe, a gripping crime noir thriller set in the late 1930s, Bay City, centers around a brooding, down-on-his-luck detective, Philip Marlowe, played by Liam Neeson. So already starting off strong. Who was hired to find the ex-lover of a glamorous Harris, Diane Kruger, daughter of a well-known movie star. Uh, The disappearance is the first twist in a series of bewildering events. And soon, Marlowe is embroiled in a deadly investigation and web of lies that he's determined to bring to light. 
yeah, that sounds interesting enough. Yeah, I mean, I saw the I saw the trailer for this whenever I saw Infinity Pool last week. It it got me, it got my attention. So I'm definitely gonna probably see this. Um, yeah, the whole crime noir thing is really cool. It's a good era. It's a cool era in movies. It's nice of him to not do like Taken Seven or whatever they're on now. Yeah, I don't even know the last movie that Liam Neeson was in. Uh, well, we can answer that question. So the last movie. Uh oh, he was Qui Gon in Tales of the Jedi. Just the voice there. Oh, okay. Um, he was in the Obi Wan oh, Kenobi mean... series. Okay. He was I in Atlanta as Liam Neeson. <laughs> okay. It looks like his most recent movie was Memory, which is a solid twenty nine percent rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and Fantastic. I think I think I remember the plot to that one. But good thing Liam Neeson's you know still getting work. Good for him. I just hope he doesn't go. I mean, I know Bruce Willis has like some medical issues, but yeah, I hope he's just not doing movies to do movies. Yeah, I hope this one's actually pretty good because I like the whole detective noir vibe they have going on in the 30s. So it could be good. Hopefully it's not just the whole Liam Neeson movie, you know, like the crime Liam Neeson style. He just fucks people up the whole thing. Says, yeah, I will find you, you know, his whole thing. Yeah. He's the chosen one. All the above. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Finishing off strong. I guess this movie is technically already out, but we uh, missed talking about it last week. But the long awaited Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey is out. The days of adventures and merriment have come to an end as Christopher Robin, now a young man, has left Winnie the Pooh and Piglet to fend for themselves. As time passes, feeling angry and abandoned, the two become feral. After getting a taste (laughs) for blood, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet set off to find a new source of food. It's not long before their bloody rampage begins. So when this was announced that uh, Winnie the Pooh was becoming public domain, obviously everyone's going to jump on it. This was the first one that kind of popped out. I am assuming... Winnie the Pooh is actually like a massive grown-up teddy bear thing, like he was. Yeah. And because in the poster, the movie poster, the trailer, it looks like just some fat hillbilly wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask. Yeah, this looks absolutely wild. I don't think it's rated. I think it's NR, and it's looking like I have one. It's looking like I have one showtime on Wednesday at seven o'clock that I'm probably gonna have to go see. I don't think I can pass this up because after that, it's out on Thursday, which I'll be at Ant-Man. And then Friday, it's 35 miles away somewhere else that I have no idea where it's going to be. So it's looking like Wednesday. I will see this movie and I'll get a full report on that for the next episode. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Expectations aren't low for these types of movies. But at the same time, it's something so wild that you kind of just got to go see. It's probably going to be crazy. I can only imagine the people that are going to see this movie as well. Weirdos. Weirdos the, are people with podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guy that plays Piglet was also in a Tooth Fairy horror film. I so. did see that they want to make like a whole uh, like expired IP fairy tale movie horror universe with like i saw peter pan mentioned as well awesome so good for them 
Yeah, they they can create their cinematic universe. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that finishes it up for the upcoming movies this week. Uh, see them or don't, you know, you do you. Yeah, We're yeah. only here to advise what, what we see and what we think. Uh, you're free people. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Ty, uh, hit us with the news. Okay, so we'll hop into the news. And speaking of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, it already has a sequel greenlit according to Variety. So, I mean, seriously, the movie comes out this week. But uh, like we said, not high expectations at all. But if it already has a sequel greenlit, they must be banking on like people going to see it and low budget, making a lot of money, cranking out that sequel. You know what? I, I, I'm going to call it right now. I haven't seen it yet. But um, from the description, from the trailer, from looking at who's in the cast, it is currently only Pooh and Piglet that I'm seeing here. I don't uh, think it's got a high budget at all. We're missing Tigger. So I think he's uh, going to pop out at the end of the first one, and then he's going to join the murder crew. Oh my, I didn't even consider Tigger at all. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh my, so after that we have AMC Theaters is to change their ticket prices uh, based on seat location, so... I don't know if this is already into effect yet or not. I don't think either of us have seen it take place at our theaters. Uh, I don't see this lasting, though. My guess would be that it's for big traffic theaters with high occupancy. Uh, so we'll see I, how that goes. I haven't seen it either, but also I never really look at going to an AMC. I am lucky yeah. enough to be blessed with a uh, Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to go to a theater, it's the Alamo Draft House. Um, but yeah. for what I have seen, there have been people, they posted some screenshots of like what it looks like on the app, essentially the middle seating, you know, the quote unquote good seats, mm -hmm. um, those get upped in price while everything else is apparently the same. Um, but yeah, completely with you, they're misreading their audience. It's not going to last long. It's exactly like Netflix kind of pulling back with like the password sharing, um, idiots trying to make a buck because they've run out of ideas. Yeah, and speaking of it, uh, Netflix deleted their password sharing rules, which were recently updated to discourage multiple people from using the same account, claiming they were posted in error. So that's another big topic uh, of discussion right now. Netflix is cracking down on their password sharing, which, I mean, that's just really greedy at this point. Uh, I still think there's going to be ways for people to password share, but it's just kind of ridiculous. I think there's definitely going to be backlash to this, too. So I'm going to put my MBA to you. So, all right, Netflix, hire me. Listen here. Um, you guys want bigger profit margins, obviously, right? You don't want people to be using a single account because that reduces the possible number of users you can have. How about this? Quit paying money for shit TV series and movies. There you go. Profit margin simple, increase. <laughs> it's that simple. Netflix needs to hire you, and the UFC Dana White need to hire us both. That's true. We're, we're very good at matchups. <laughs> Listen here, Dana. Okay. <laughs> a quick one here. Uh, so we saw that Toy Story 5, as well as a couple other mo new Disney movies were announced. The internet really wants uh, Megan to be in Toy Story 5, M3gan. Uh, so she's staying relevant on social media, the horror, the horror movie star Megan. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's funny nonetheless. Imagine if she yeah. did show up and just... Rain they can, hell upon them all. They can deep fake her onto uh, Jesse. Yeah. Um, so here we go. The Flash Super Bowl trailer. With, sticking with this whole superhero thing we have going on here. So 
The new trailer shows uh, Ezra Miller's Barry Allen crashing into the multiverse and running into another version of himself, and not one but two Batmen, played by Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. There's also a return of Michael Shannon's General Zod from Man of Steel and the debut of Sasha Callie's Supergirl. Uh, the Flash is expected to play a major role in the evolution of DC's on-screen stories, serving as a reboot ahead of James Gunn and Peter Safran's new plan for the DC universe. Uh, so, I think it's weird to bring back Michael Keaton as Batman from way back in the day than to just have Henry Cavill from a couple years ago, especially because General Zod from that movie's in it. Uh, but like we said last week, we mentioned all the new DC movies and shows coming up, so... This yeah, is going to be a big one for them. I don't know how Ezra is still around, given how big of a psychopath he is. The um, only thing, the yeah. only thing I can think of is that they must have extremely high hopes with this movie because they haven't yeah. scrapped it because of how crazy he's acted. So hopefully it'll be a good reset and uh, starts the DCU like we mentioned last week. Good luck, James Gunn. Um, and then just uh. Early Ant-Man Quantumania first reactions are praising Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, which I think he's a great actor. I'm so excited to see him in this, but uh, it's probably my most hyped Marvel movie in a while, uh, kicking off Phase 5. Like we said, though, we're going to be talking about it a lot next week, so we won't go too much into that. And then more quick Marvel news. Uh, The Fantastic Four is set to begin filming in early 2024 with no casting news yet. Uh, John Krasinski played Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic in the Multiverse of Madness, so... It's not yet known if he'll return to the role. Dev Patel is another name being thrown around as well. Uh, and Penn Badgley from You on Netflix uh, for Reed Richards. And then also Mila Kunis is rumored to play Sue Storm. So we'll see if any of that ends up playing out. I, I, so I, I get Fantastic Four with Stan Lee's baby and everything. Mm-hmm. It's what got him started. But none of these films have worked. Not and at all. I don't know why we keep going back to them. They're just uninspiring and not super interesting characters. I agree. It's it's a smart guy that can stretch. It's a lady that I think she does weather stuff, electricity, the thing, and then the fire guy. So, I mean, hopefully it's good. I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah. I want it to be good. But as far Invisible. as other characters go, not, not interesting. Is Invisible Woman in part of the Fantastic Four? That might be it. Maybe Sue Storm, that's what she does. I just I think that's it, actually. I just saw it storm and invisible. Saw lightning and thunder. Yeah. No, they got that, that's uh, X Men. Right, right, right. And that should be coming out eventually, too. All right. Well, I hope, I hope it, it's good. I hope it works out, but I'm not super excited for it. Marvel has to really uh, try now to get my attention. Um, uh, Ant Man, like you said, that's the biggest one that has been excited here for a bit. All the TV shows, I just, I couldn't get into pretty much any of them. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I'll end up bringing those up in our segment here in a little bit. Um, I will say, though, that I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming up, too. So yes, after yes, yeah. Ant-Man, Guardians 3, we'll see how else everything goes. Speaking of Guardians, speaking of Batista, let's hop into the Knock at the Cabin mini review. You know, we, we won't stay too long here talking about it. Um, but we'll go, we'll do our normal, normal, uh, spoiler free section. And then what we're going to start doing here is we're going to announce when we're going to start talking about spoilers. And then when I edit these, I'll put in a little voiceover saying, Hey, we're hopping in spoilers, jump ahead, you know, 
seven minutes and 32 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, just a you know, we're giving you the alert about the spoiler. We don't want to ruin these movies for you. Um, so we're going to have a spoiler free and a spoiler section of this, starting with the spoiler free. Um, so Ty, we both saw it. You gave your uh, thoughts on it when you wanted to convince me to go see it. I did see it. I think it was like maybe three or four days afterwards. I, I, I went and saw it. And mm-hmm. um, I think we had similar feelings about it where the premise was there. Mm-hmm. It was a interesting enough story, mm-hmm. but it didn't hit and it was too long. Like there was a lot of filler in this movie. I felt. I agree too. A lot of those flashback scenes, you know, where the, I don't know if we actually wait for spoilers to say about it or not, but I'll start by saying, I think I might've been a little too harsh in saying not to go to theaters to see it. Uh, I liked it. You know, I liked it good enough to probably go to the theater to see it, but at this point it's probably not going to be there for much longer. So I wanted to start off saying that, but um, I do t- I do stand by the rest of my take. So like we said last week, yeah. So it it was there. I and again the problem with M Night is his name. He needs to go and make movies under a different name. He needs a, a pen name because uh, people see his, that he's directing, they know a twist is coming. It, mm-hmm. They know to expect it. I and and if it doesn't live up to what it's been in the past and the past has been a while ago for him at this point, um, you know, talking about the sixth sense in the village, those type of movies that really, uh, they're like, Oh wow. Those are some of the greatest twists ever. You know, sixth sense is probably still up there for maybe the best twist of any movie. I, I don't know if I would give it to that, but I, I know it's definitely in the conversation. Um, so being that it's coming from him, there's, problems with that and that your bar gets set to a certain level and if it doesn't meet it it makes him look bad and i'll be honest when i wrote my review for it on uh oh man what what's that app you had me get ty letterbox Letterbox. yeah yeah, yeah. so when i wrote that there my last sentence was m night's done i yeah i I really think he is it does feel like that now because i think he needed to do a better job at subverting our expectations going into this movie. Like people yeah. expected a little bit more from this with like a this cast that it had the the source material, and I think he could have done a better job at making us more fulfilled by seeing this movie instead of feeling like we just kind of wasted our time. And I think you you hit on a good point there about the source material. So this was we'll hop into the little bit of trivia here, but this was based on a 2018 novel called The Cabin at the End of the World. So he had source material. And this isn't a... I, I, don't, I don't know if this is a spoiler. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe. I'm going to put this in the spoiler section. But he had um, uh, source material to go off of. And he didn't need to change anything, but he did, is, is what I'll say. And then I'll say what actually happened in the spoiler section. But... It, I don't know why these directors, these screenwriters do that. If you are given the source material and that source material does well, don't fucking change it. <laughs> I agree. We all know what happened with Game of Thrones. They either ran out of source material or sub, or just completely changed what they wanted to do with it. So that never really ends well. The only movie that I can think of that had a better ending than the book was uh, Stephen King's The Mist. Ah, okay. Um, and this 
this doesn't count as what that movie's really old. The book's really old. So if you haven't read or heard it by now, that's your fault. <laughs> this yeah. isn't a spoiler. Uh, so the end of the mist, um, he kills his son. He kills the old people he's with and he kills the other woman he is with um, in the car. And then immediately after the army comes and starts saving the day uh, movie ends. That doesn't happen in the book. The book's ending is just a little more open-ended, but that finality of of him killing his own son because he thinks that's better than trying to survive in this crazy world is brutal. But that is the only time it, it's been done where the source material wasn't as good as how they changed it in the movie. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. Um, so some more things here. Um, they used old 35 millimeter film and lenses from the 90s to give that classic 90s thriller look. Uh, they also opened the movie with the old Universal uh, opening, like the logo and all that. Uh, I noticed that from the beginning. But at the same time, t- why why do we care if it had a 90s look? I don't think it wasn't set in the 90s. Yeah, it didn't really need the 90s thriller look. I mean, it it did a good job. At, I mean, I thought it looked good, but I, I didn't yeah. really get a 90s vibe at all. <laughs> yes, I don't know the point of that. <laughs> but cool. Good for you. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, what's his name? T- Tarantino, when he films his movie, those, uh, the wider films, so they can be on a wider screen and all that, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't it. That's just old 35 millimeter film that they're using here. I cool. Great. It didn't <laughs> add anything to the movie. No, not one bit. Um, I'll, oh, I'll also say I was really disappointed with the special effects of this movie. Um, uh, I agree. Yes. In certain parts. I think we should probably hold on to that for a couple more minutes yeah. here. But yeah. Yeah. It looks like it could have been done on like an iPad app <laughs> is yeah, what I li- think I told literally. you. Literally. Um, Batista got cast after M. Night saw him in Blade Runner. I thought he was great. I, I think I think that's what you were saying uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, he uh, that was kind of his turning point as an actor. He showed, hey, yeah. I'm not just a silly big guy. Yeah, I love that movie too. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Shout out to it. love that movie, and he is great in it. It's not a very long role, but he's. It's definitely like his. It his highlights like the rest of his roles at the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, something neat at the premiere of the movie. Some guests were asked to give up something they cared for for the duration of the film. If you chose yes, you got a nice prize at the end of the movie, but it didn't say what the prize was. So I guess oh. that's exciting. <laughs> Leave it up to your expectations or leave it up to your imagination. I, I thought it'd be funny if it was like, here's here's my kid. <laughs> Take him for the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, they, they took their cell phone. And uh, I don't know it, when they said they're asked to give up something they cared for. What if they just didn't give a shit about their cell phone? Yeah. Hey, give us your I mean, don't a lot of places do that anyways. If you're at a theater screening for like a movie that isn't out yet, you have to probably at least silence your phone and put it in airplane mode or something. That's, so sure, take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if he, pre- I don't know where he premiered it. it. I know South by Southwest is down here and they do little uh, uh, premieres and all that junk. I feel like he might have been here. I know, uh, oh shit, what's, uh, Jordan Peele was here for, oh, okay. for Nope. Uh, that That's old news. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, this is his second rated R movie, M. Night said is. Uh, the other was The Happening, and uh, The Happening was the movie where nothing actually happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, bringing this up, I would have never guessed that this was an R-rated movie. No, not one bit. They don't even... 
They don't even show anything. I think I could say that about the spoilers. Uh, they don't even show anything. Yeah. It gets cut away every time something happens. You just have to imply. And, and then I, I have the note here that it felt like Megan was more worthy of an R rating. Yeah. Like we said last week, the kid's ear gets stretched 10 feet off his head and he gets hit by a car. <laughs> and so I don't know why it was rated R. Maybe I can look that up here real quick. The only thing I can guess is they swear. And yeah. Even then, like, come on. What? That, that's why it's getting an R rating. Um, all right. So, parents' guide. Uh, no sex nudity. Violence is gore is minimal. Profanity. Oh, yep. That's exactly why. 21 F words. Oh, okay. I don't even really, I don't even think I realized that there was I that don't many. remember. It just goes over my head now because that's just my vocabulary. Agreed. All right. So, that's all we had here. Uh, so, in general, Ty. Um, I think I stand with you in what you said last week where I want to go pay for this movie. Uh, I don't think it was worth that seeing it. Um, it's something to throw on. I think it could have been cut down to an hour and been a lot better. Um, so if there's a version where they cut out all the filler, check that out. That's going to be great. Yeah, maybe if there's a cut version where they stick to the source material alternate ending or something like that, I'd give that a go for sure. I don't see myself really watching this too much other than that, though. No, it's kind of a, a one and done. Yeah. So now we will jump into the spoilers here. I'm going to give like a little pause and then uh, I'll edit in how long this takes and how far you need to skip ahead to get to our Marvel movies. Spoiler alert, folks. To skip the spoiler section for a Knock at the Cabin review, jump ahead 10 minutes and 12 seconds. All right, so jumping in here. Uh, yeah, so speaking of them not showing anything and why I didn't think this was an R-rated. So a lot of people die. All the strangers die. Um, the one main guy, excuse me, the one main guy dies, um, but... You don't see any of it. It is all implied. Like the first guy, Ron Weasley, <laughs> he dies first. They crush his head in, which I'm like, oh, fuck. They're going to use it. They also, also, I should say, they carry around these massive tools to yeah, kill they, each other. They're not weapons. They're tools. They're tools. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the key line there. Um, so they use it to crush in uh, Redmond's head. You don't see any of it. They cut no. to the uh, the two dudes and their daughter tied up, and you just kind of see their reactions. And it was wild. They have him putting on, like, the mask and everything. You're like, what the hell's about to happen right now? I <laughs> thought we were going to see full-on gore explosion. No, you just don't see anything. Yeah, like, if you get that R rating, use it. Might as well, exactly. Uh, and then for, for everyone, everyone that got killed, it wasn't shown. And then even Batista, at the very end, he's, like, the last one to die. Um, so essentially, they, they kill themselves um, to bring on some sort of plague uh, to try to convince them to kill one of their own to uh, save the world or something, some shit. Yeah, they end up they end up asking him one, two, three, four, five, four times if they will sacrifice one of themselves to save the world. Each time they don't, one of the members of, you know, Batista's gang is killed off and it brings a plague to the world. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was... They, they should have shown it because Batista slits his throat and there's just blood that runs down his his shirt. That was That's probably it. the best scene in the whole movie. 
him yeah, I was like, giving fuck. that monologue on the chair. It is just deep. Yeah. Um, the other himself, shit that it. pissed me off was like when they would do the plague, they turn on the TV and it was like. It was like when they turned on the news, it was already in the middle of happening. It's yeah. not like it just started. They were already reporting it on it. That didn't make any sense to me. They're like, okay, uh, we uh, killed Redmond, and now the first plague, which also, I, I, when I hear plague, I think of like a sickness, not a tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the first. I think, about that, I think about that old Curse the Cowardly Dog episode with the slab. <laughs> Return the slab. Yeah. That was that's a scarier film that. than this. That should be rated R. That fucking that episode of Curse of Cowardly Dogs. <laughs> Cartoon Network in general in the nineties when we would watch that shit did some fucked up things. Everything was just terrifying. We were just or had left very to watch like it. adult themes and stuff like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Weird, weird shit. Nineties were a weird time for cartoons. It was a weird time. It's probably why we're all fucked up. I agree. <laughs> We're fucked up because of it, for sure. But, yeah, going back to the plague, it was like, all right, they killed him, plague's gonna start, they turn on the TV, the show the news, and they're like, yep, this t- tsunami hit this place like three hours ago. It's like, w- wait a minute. So they didn't cause that then. And yeah, they it kinda... had already been in the middle of it. And I think yeah. that's like, that, that's kind of what made it seem like it never really felt like they were really lying about their them being like the bringers of the apocalypse or whatever, yeah. because all that stuff was happening on the TV, but you know, like they never, like M Night didn't really do a good job of getting us to think that they were just fucking around lying. Even whenever they connected Redmond, Ron Weasley, can't remember his real name, uh, whenever they Rupert. end up, Rupert Grint, there it is. So it's, it, you find out that it's a gay couple with their adopted daughter, and it turns out that he was beaten up in a bar by Ron Weasley, Redmond. And then he's one of the people there bringing on the apocalypse. But even that, it just ended up not being anything. Had nothing to do with it. Like when that happened, I'm like, oh shit, they're all connected somehow. This is going to be wild. No. Yeah. They didn't do a good job at making us believe anything else other than that they were actually there bringing on the apocalypse. Yeah. If, if, if it, they would have actually not been bringing on the apocalypse and it would have been fake, that would have been a lot better. That'd we been probably really would have had a lot, a lot more of a better ending. I'm sure. Yeah. It just ended up being fake. They kill the guy and then they walk out and everything's fine. I think that probably would have been a better ending. And I think that's that's what I was hoping was going to happen, right? It's like, it should have, what a good ending would have been was, uh, it never happened. Like, it was all yeah. made up. Like, the, the one guy, Andrew, was like, they're making this up. They, they knew when these, uh, the news was going to start reporting on it. He kept keeps checking his watch. He knows when to put it on. Um, and that's supposed to make you believe, okay, maybe they are faking it, but it doesn't get into your mind enough that you actually believe that it's anything but the truth that they're telling. No, Batista was so damn good in the role that I've believed him the entire fucking time. <laughs> so and, and yeah, he has a standout. Uh, He's a very yeah. standout in that movie. I, I, his was his acting was the only acting I really appreciated. Yeah. So that's like what we go back to with M Night now is that I think everybody expected a twist and the twist was that there was no twist. That's bullshit. Yes. That's bullshit. Um yeah. I think like you said, the the book had a different ending though, so maybe that's better. Let's hear that. All right. So the book ending, as I was looking it up, 
Um, so let let's say the the movie ending first. So um, they are like, yeah, we're not going to kill each other. We're we're not going to kill each other. And then the gunshot goes off, and he ends up killing his uh, husband. I don't I don't know if it says they're married or not. Um, either way, yeah, husband his, or partner, his partner, and um, ends up killing him, which also was not shown. It cut away, and then it cuts back, and he's just shot. It cuts away from every single kill in the movie, even whenever. Batista kills himself. Yeah. Everything's cut away. Dumb. So, either way, he kills his partner. Uh, he grabs the daughter. They drive away, and everything seems to be back to the normal. It looks like they stopped the apocalypse. The book ending, the couple is fighting over the gun, and they end up killing their daughter. Whoa! That's yeah. so much better. Yeah, because it was an accident, right? It's not like they, they decided who to kill on purpose. They accidentally killed a daughter, and then everything is "quote unquote" fine. There's no apocalypse, so that oh. would have been so much better. You have the R rating. Use it. Holy shit, that would have been so much better. That just blew my mind. I didn't know. You told me today. Hey, I know the ending. I was like, save it for the podcast. Yep. That's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. And that's uh, so. I, I said I had a theory. So my theory goes back to what we said about Megan. Um, like they didn't show that kid getting hit by a car because they wanted to keep a PG-13 rating or whatever. This has the R rating, but for some reason, and sure, I completely get it. They don't want to show children getting murdered. Um, even though yeah. that's a very real thing in real life, they don't want to show it on, on the silver screen. And that's why I believe they changed it. Uh, your heart would have been a lot more in the movie if you ended up killing the daughter. Agreed. She was great in the movie. So, I mean, the discourse around this movie wouldn't be M. Night doesn't have any good endings anymore, the twist. That would have been the perfect M. Night twist to the movie. Do you think they, he read the book and was like, oh, my twist will be all changed that. The daughter doesn't die because that way the people who saw the book will be like, oh, that's different. I guess, but like, Fuck. I never read the book. I don't know how many people it have, so. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of it. <laughs> that just would have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, cool, you saved the world, but you killed your daughter. Yeah, they make her, they send her off up into the trail, so like, wait here, and we'll go decide who's going to die. Yep. It would like, they should have just walked, walked up to the treehouse and fought in there and ended up blowing her head off or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Or the fucked oh, up. <laughs> more fucked up. Daughter kills herself. Oh wait, no. They, wait, they said that wouldn't work. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. said you can't like, kill yourself. Doesn't work. She falls out of the tree. I was like, can this count? And they're like, no. You still have to, one of you has to die now. So Shit. both two people are dead. <laughs> they're like, well, can we just all go? <laughs> yeah, find your ways around it. But the other way I think the movie would have been better is if the they didn't believe them. They didn't kill any of them. And the apocalypse actually happened. I was thinking the same thing. If it actually did just carry on and do you see the whole world fucking burst into flames or something. So they had multiple routes to make it a good movie and they didn't take any of them. I cannot believe that. That just made me want to lower my score even more. But uh, I think that completes the mini review. I think so too. So don't go to the theater to see it now, because it's probably not going to be there much longer, I'd have to imagine. It'll probably be on Amazon soon. Maybe watch it then. Don't pay full price. Maybe pay the 5 bucks to rent it. I wouldn't pay $20 to own the movie. Yeah. Maybe You'll never watch a... it again after you watch the first. After you watch it one time. Or you know what? Even read the book. 
Go buy the book. Read the book. I want to buy the book. Yeah. That's worth a read, I think. Yeah, it's probably not that long either, I'd have to imagine. Yeah. But uh, let's hop into these Marvel movies and um, take a second here. For like a big Marvel week next week with Ant-Man. So I'm excited for it. Like I said, I'm a big Marvel nerd. You might be a little bit of a Marvel guy, but I don't think you're probably as nerdy about it as I am. I don't miss them. I go to every single one. I, I like them I, all. I have seen all of them. I think I've seen all of them in theaters. I can't think of any that I haven't seen in theaters, actually. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm on the same page as you there. But um, I, yeah, other than that, like I, I haven't seen any of the series, I don't think, outside of like Daredevil and Punisher on Netflix. Those mm-hmm. are great, by the way. I those wanted to great. bring those into into it, but we're we're only doing movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm not super into any other of that stuff. Marvel Snap, big into that. I'll read the comics. I, I love comics, mm-hmm. um, manga, all that stuff. But um, yeah, all the extended universe, I, I can't get into it. It is a lot at this point. There is so much with, you know, the shows, the movies, everything going on. And all the shows... Only a couple of them have really been great. The others are just kind of there. So that's that's my take on that. But either way, top five Marvel movies. I think this would be a good ranking. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to each nominate five. So, you know, I think the list might end up being over five, it sounds like, if we don't have the same ones here. Um, so let's hop back and forth, nominating one at a time. Uh, no specific order, just randomly pick one. And then we'll do like what we did for episode one, where we will then rank them and get our consensus rankings. All right. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm going to start with one that I think is out of left field. And uh, that's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a big Doctor Strange guy and I love the Scarlet Witch too. And going into the shows, WandaVision was probably my favorite one of the Disney plus Marvel shows that or tied with Loki. Those were the two hands down best of them. Uh, the rest have been prima. Those two are great, but this really kicking off all the multiverse storylines that are about to be heavily featured in the MCU. I thought traveling through all of them was awesome. It was kind of just like everything everywhere all at once. I mean, obviously not as good of a movie as everything everywhere all at once, but with like the Scarlet Witch being the sole villain, that was a big surprise at the time. Yeah. Uh, I thought it all worked out well. I was a big fan. Some of my favorite moments of, uh, Wanda hunting them down through the multiverses. Uh, Wanda killing the Illuminati in their universe. I think it was like 818 or whatever their Earth is called. But they each had their own crazy death that showed just how powerful she was to walk into the to their world and just kill them all like that. My favorite one is probably whenever she kills Professor X by popping up behind him and snapping his neck. <laughs> that was goddamn crazy. Uh, you can really feel Sam Raimi's vibe, though, during that whole scene. You know, his horror vibe with... He's well known for... Um, Evil Dead and the old Spider-Man movies, but uh, she even kind of looks like that Evil Dead, Deadite from his movies in a couple of those scenes, but uh, then John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards, that was a cool moment. Uh, That got spoiled by Twitter, though. Uh, Doctor Strange dreamwalking into his own dead body was pretty cool to see, too. That had a funny vibe to it. And then the fighting with the music notes, that was also a really cool scene. So I liked that movie a lot. I didn't know that I was going to like it as much as I do, but whenever I decided to rank these movies, uh, that was on it. Ended up being in the top five. I uh, I actually really enjoyed that movie too. It didn't make my top five, um, but I I did really enjoy that movie. And I think I just said I saw all of these movies in theaters. That's not true. I I saw it on um 
I saw it on a a plane. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I watched it on an airplane. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I really enjoyed this one. It was different, right? Because Scarlet yeah. Witch was a good guy, good girl yeah. uh, in, in most of the films. And now she's here. She lost... Um, uh, why can't I think of his name? The robot man? Vision. Vision, thank you. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vision uh, lost him, obviously, during mm-hmm. the whole Infinity War fiasco. Um, and she's just going a little psycho. You know, she she was going to have these children, and her children are, quote-unquote, taken away from her. Um, and I didn't see WandaVision, so I know that built a lot into what she became, correct? Yeah, yeah, it did. And actually, speaking of WandaVision, there's technically another version of Vision floating around now in the Marvel Universe. So in the show, he kind of, like, splits off into a different version of himself. He's all white, and he just kind of flies away. So th- there should be a Vision floating around somewhere unless they just kind of uh, pass that by, but yeah, one division was really cool. I liked it a lot. I don't know if it's worth going back to watch now. There's too much stuff out now, too many things to watch. So, but yeah, it has yeah, a different I, vibe than the rest of the Marvel movies for sure. Yeah, and so nothing. I'm not gonna fight hard against that at all. That I, I did enjoy that movie. It, it didn't make my top five. Um, I should also think uh, we should say we're rating these or ranking these kind of the same as we did. For our favorite movies of 2022, where we're going based off of uh, how much we enjoyed them versus, yeah. you know, what movie was uh, cinematically the best. Because I think, I don't think there's a question there of which one it would be. No, not one bit. This is yeah. just personal preference again, just like the first episode. Awesome. So uh, I'll give one of mine and I'm going to do a, another Sam Ramney. Uh, one. I'm going with Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. Alright. Um, I honestly had uh, so I, I, I told you I, I put these up on the Tear Maker thing and I popped up all three of those original Spider-Mans up there. Um, Spider-Man uh, I have a little bit of a bias here. He has always been my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so those hold a special, special place in my heart. Um, growing up around those movies, those were really the first big Marvel movies I, I can think of at the time. You know, Spider-Man was the one, and now it wasn't the universe it is now. They were more kind of just one-off movies, or, you mm-hmm. know, if you're lucky, you get a trilogy. Um, but really enjoyed it there. Dr. Octavius, uh, one of the most influential um, bad guys in all of comics, including DC. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably up there with the Joker for some people. Yeah. Um, so really, really like that one. Um, and of course, you get the famous uh, uh, it's pizza timeline, which I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't get out of that. So another one that Sam directed, uh, it just holds a special place in my heart. Um, quality wise, you know, maybe it wasn't the best, but it was still really good. I agree. All those those three maybe this is the first two the third was kind of poop but mm-hmm. the first two spider-man movies were just great they were very like nostalgia for us the first one i remember seeing the first spider-man movie do you remember the pizza hut out by kiski that we went to high school at i do there used to be a movie theater up there it was the called cinema one two three, one, two, three. Cinema. yes <laughs> i saw the first spider-man movie there that's awesome it's now so advanced, advanced auto parts 
Yeah, that fucking place has completely gone off the map. Nobody even remembers it was there. It's an advanced auto parts and a Taco Bell. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so tie, uh, second nomination. Okay, so going off of that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to bring Spider-Man to the table as well. Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, the most recent Spider-Man. So this hey. is like, this is in the same category as a couple movies that I'm sure I'm going to bring up here pretty soon. It was like Can't Miss Cinema. And bringing back all those old Spider-Men and villains was just awesome. It sucks that some of that ended up leaking, but even then, it didn't ruin the movie. It was so much fun. I don't know if this is a hot take, but to me, Tom Holland is now the Spider-Man, just kind of like yes. Daniel Craig is James Bond. I can't really picture anybody else playing that role because it's just like a perfect casting. Uh, and this is also one of the only movies I can remember seeing twice at the theater. Nice. Uh, so some of my favorite moves, moments from that one, uh, Charlie Cox showing up as Daredevil being Peter's lawyer. That was awesome. Uh, bringing like the best of the Netflix Marvel shows to the MCU. Like you said, Otto Octavius in the Green Goblin showing up. Willem Dafoe, also another casting that is just perfect in his role. Um, let me see what else. Uh, both of the Spider-Men showing up through the portals was just nuts. Everybody went crazy in the theater. Uh, and then at the end, Peter gets his uh, comic book accurate friendly neighborhood spider-man costume and uh also that post credit scene tom hardy finally shows up in the mcu as venom just to get yoinked right back out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i i'm with you here i have this one nominated as well um oh, okay. fantastic spider-man movie uh probably the best spider-man movie that that might be accurate i agree um, but yeah super enjoyable you get the best of all worlds, right? You have the mm -hmm. new hotness that is Tom Holland and Tom mm -hmm. Holland fit right in as Spider-Man. He came in during civil war, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, he's just, he's exactly what you expect Peter Parker to be, you know, uh, a young high school student. That's how he started as he was just a kid. Um, whereas the Sam Ramney Spider-Man, he was a, a little older. He was in college. Um, and then I don't remember the amazing Spider-Man that much, but, Again, he I think he was also in high school. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But Tom Holland just screams. I think he's like 24 or something now. Yeah. He always looks like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fantastic Spider-Man. He has the mannerisms of Spider-Man where he's he's goofy. Um, you know, I think when uh, uh they were all introducing themselves in Infinity War and he's like, "Oh, we're using our fake names." You know, when 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 Doctor Strange introduced himself. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, really like Tom Holland there. And then you get the nostalgia of the other two Spider-Man popping in and, uh, Green Goblin, Dr. Octavius. And, uh, I forget his superhero name, but Max, uh, he was a Electro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh Jamie Foxx also great in that role. Um, yeah, you get the best of all worlds in that movie. And I felt mistaken. That was a longer one. And that was one yeah. of those movies that um, it didn't feel long, right? Because something was happening the whole time and you stayed engaged the entire movie. There's so many movies that don't do that where you get filler and you're like, right. okay, this didn't need to be in this movie. This movie has none of that. Yeah, this movie has it all. It's got the drama with Aunt May dying. It's got the nostalgia yeah. with the other Spider-Men. Yeah, it was great. And I also just did the math because we were thinking about it. So in the first Spider-Man movie, 2002, Tobey Maguire was 26 years old and he was playing a high schooler. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Holland, he came in, he was 18, I think, right? 
Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. I young. think so. Then Andrew Garfield. I'm not really sure. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies were probably my least favorite. I agree. I don't even know if I. I definitely saw at least the. Was there three of them or two? I think there were two. Okay, I ended. I guess I did see them both then. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Definitely <laughs> weren't as were... memorable as the first. The first three and these three. Well, the one, the thing that's uh, memorable about the Amazing Spider-Man movies was uh, Gwen Stacy dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, they kind of teased that in this one with MJ falling off the building and yes. he saves her. So that was He's a cool like, moment. Uh-uh, can't let that happen. Yeah, Maybe so that, yeah, that's another awesome thing. You know, he gets that redemption. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, after knowing what happened with his Gwen Stacy, uh, to prevent that from happening to that universe's peter you know it it doesn't fix the whole but it i would think it would help i'm also going to go on a limb and say marissa tomei is the best aunt may i don't think that's (laughs) (laughs) easily the best looking yeah yeah well people are like that doesn't make sense she's too young to be aunt may but she's like not yeah she's just (laughs) a completely accurate age to have a high school nephew yeah as her she she just looks good you know good for happy (laughs) Good looking lady, she dies though. Sorry about it. Yeah. Spoiler, that sucks. But okay, we, I think we said enough about this movie. It's great. It is uh, great. We'll see where it ends up being on our on our consensus rankings now. Yeah. Aside so I'll hop in with my second one, uh, just to kind of finish off the Spider Man. I think here uh, if we go with Into the Spider Verse. Oh my um, gosh, I for completely forgot about that movie going into this. I'm very oh glad I got it on here then. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So again, like I said, I am biased. So I have three Spider-Man movies in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that that that's rough uh again for my bias, but hey, I enjoyed them a lot. But Into Spider-Verse, saw it in the theaters by myself. Um didn't Hell care. Yeah. It was great. Got my popcorn, Good. got my Alamo Draft House. Going to the theater alone is great. I'm here to defend it, you know? Yeah. Good normalize time. it. Everybody, everybody should go to the theater by themselves every now and then. Because the, cause the thing is, like, why the fuck does it matter? You're yeah, not exactly. supposed to talk to anyone anyways. Yeah, why do you care if you're there by yourself? I always go. I go by myself probably more than I go with anybody else. I yeah. sit right on the end. I get a large DC and some freaking cookie dough bites, baby. <laughs> and I watch the damn movie alone. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm going with uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, the only, it's probably the only animated one on here, right? I think so. With the new one coming out soon, I absolutely loved this movie. It was great. Fantastic. I'm so glad you included it because I completely forgot about it going into this ranking, but unbelievable movie. And I think it ended up winning an Oscar. Did it? I think it did for best animation. There we go. All right. Good for, good for it. It also had um, a great song with that Juice World song. I can't remember what it's called, but it was good. Nah, even better. Sunflower Post Malone. And Sunflower Post Malone. There we go. I forgot about that <laughs> yeah. one too. Yeah, the, no, the fantastic. Great. Yeah, dude, I, I would work out the, that soundtrack. Soundtrack's <laughs> it's, great. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic introduction to Miles Morales. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't think a lot of people knew that there were other Spider-Men. And then they yeah. bring in Miles. Um, and he's great. He's very different in his universe. Uh, Peter Parker dies. He takes over mm-hmm. um, and ends up meeting other Peter Parkers. And that confuses him. And then you meet <laughs> Spider Gwen. And it, it's awesome. Really, really cool stuff. Fantastic soundtrack. Animation is super unique because it has that 
uh, comic book style look to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just extremely well done. Some people complained about that style of animation, but I thought it was really, really neat. It's my favorite animated movie of all time. It looks awesome. They do such a good job making it look like a comic book, but also not at the same time. Yeah. And you get, uh, well, you were just talking about how you like those noir type movies. You had a uh, noir Spider-Man with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, so lots going on here. Uh, Spider pig. Spider pig. <laughs> he was real. I didn't know that. Peter Porker. Yeah. Peter Porker. Yeah. So another really cool thing that I love about the Alamo draft house is, um, but if you get there early, uh, before the movie starts, um, they do like little trivia things and little silly videos, uh, mm-hmm. going there, but they did that with, with Peter Porker. They're like, they showed like the comic that he was from and it, it was an awesome. older comic. And I'm like, I had no idea that was a thing. Um, but yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, Miles Morales, fantastic. Gwen Stacy. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I can't pronounce his first name, but Ali, Ali, uh, Marshala. Ali. Oh yeah. The guy's going to be blade. Yeah. I forgot he was uncle Aaron. He's an absolutely great actor, dude. Green book. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, dude. All right. We need to do a, a, a review on that movie. Fantastic. I love movie. that movie. I haven't watched it in a while, but it is great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like the traversing of the universe stuff. Obviously we just talked about. Yeah. Two other movies that do that with, with the doctor strange one. And then the one, uh, the Spider-Man one. Um, yeah, the traversing of universes is really neat because you see the little differences in the new ver- uh, universes. While everything is about the same, some little things are different. So in the mm-hmm. Spider Verse, Doctor Octopus is a woman. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so it's like little things. It doesn't change really anything, but yeah. it's just slight differences between um, uh, the universes. But anyways, I don't want to g- keep dragging on here. But fantastic movie. Yeah, we could probably talk about that one forever. And I think with the upcoming release of Across the Spider-Verse, we'll have to get into that deeper. But I'll go ahead and I'll nominate my third one here because I think the last two I have are probably going to be at least similar to yours. Maybe not, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and say Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Uh, this is whenever James Gunn brought a bunch of characters that many people weren't really familiar with, and he made a great, well, it's going to end up being a trilogy of movies out of them. Also, we talked about the soundtrack with in the uh, the Spider Verse. This soundtrack to this movie is also great. Yes. Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the third one coming out in May. But this one was awesome at the time because, like I said, you didn't know these characters, and then they all yeah. just—they're so good in their roles. Chris Pratt as Star Lord, Drax, Dave Bautista. So a uh, couple things about this movie: James Gunn stated that Chris Pratt's audition was so good that he was prepared to offer him the role, even if Pratt didn't lose weight or get in shape in time. Gunn <laughs> joked that he would. Willingly CGI six pack under Pratt's body. However, Pratt asked Gunn to give him six months to lose fifty pounds. And he ended up losing sixty. So that's why he looked shredded. Right. He went um he went from Parks and Rec Chris Pratt to shredded Star Lord. Um, up until this movie, Batista had only had smaller roles in movies. So him getting Drax was huge for him in his career. And like we mentioned, Knock of the Cabin, Glass Onion, probably all came because of his roles in like this this movie. And uh, yeah. we just get to see how good of an actor he is now because of this movie. Um, a couple other things here. Bradley Cooper told Howard Stern that he was paid more for voicing Rocket in this movie than he was for starring in Silver Linings Playbook and The Hangover combined. <laughs> and the soundtrack, that money. the soundtrack to this uh, 
It's called Awesome Mix Volume 1. It reached number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, the first film soundtrack to ever do so without any original music. Uh, it was also nominated for a Grammy in 2015. Absolutely you gotta cool about movie. How, you got to think about how much money Vin Diesel got for I Am Groot. <laughs> yeah. All he has to fucking say. I did see that he said that like over a thousand times in several different languages and yeah. stuff. Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. You could just say it once. Yeah. Eh, <laughs> do what they got to do. Um, yeah, no arguments here either, Ty. Uh, I, I, I'll just say I have volume two on my top five. Okay. I didn't have volume one, but it was up there. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, which one did I like more? Uh-huh. And so like, I, it, it was extremely, extremely close. Yeah. Um, I think volume two was just a little bit more refined. Um, and I think I enjoyed the story a little bit more. Uh, the whole planet thing was super interesting. Yeah. I, I think the comedy, they dove into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the baby Groot I, I thought was pretty funny, stupid, but yeah. you know, it's that silly kind of humor that oh, James yeah. Gunn throws in there. And uh, again, both movies, fantastic. Can't argue about either of them. Um, I just ended up picking volume two pretty much for the same reasons you said. Uh, except in a slightly different story. Yeah. So I, I won't go into volume two then. I'll, I'll jump on to my next, my next one here. Uh, and that is going to be, I guess I only have one left. Avengers Infinity War. Okay. So this is the movie. You know, this is the climax of the entire phase. What, two, three? I don't remember what phase it was. It's a couple phases. I can't remember exactly. There's a lot. It gets convoluted there. But yeah, it's a, it's a culmination of a couple phases. And this is what everything was building up to. You thought everything was building up to the first Avengers movie? Uh-uh. Because they've been talking about Thanos for a while. And they yeah. finally build up to it. He's coming. He's going to fuck shit up. And there ain't a damn thing he can do about it. And oh, so yeah. this movie was also extremely long. Like it was. What was it, two hours, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yet again, another movie um, that it does not feel like that. It feels like it was um, a, a, a single stretch. There were barely any spots where you're like, ooh, nothing's happening. Uh-uh. Always something going on here. The Russo brothers, personally, for their non-Marvel movies, they're kind of hit and miss, but when they have mm-hmm. had the chance to direct the Marvel movies, they, they did very well. Agreed. Um, so this movie was two hours, I thought it was longer, two hours, 29 minutes. I thought it was longer. Oh, okay. Um, but just so much happens. You know, you have to bring in oh, all yeah. these different characters. All these different characters have to meet. You have to bring in Thanos and yeah. kind of show him other than how he... They're like, hey, he actually looks good now with Josh Brolin. He doesn't look like that big monkey purple foreheaded guy from the was it Thor two? I don't remember yeah, which one. Yeah, those credit the post credit scenes were before he was Josh Brolin. He looked like just shit. Weird. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, bringing it all together, they did a fantastic do- job bringing them all in. The fight scenes were absolutely nuts. The drama was absolutely nuts. You have Thor just being out there kind of on his own, loses his damn eye. Well, no, he lost his eye before that, but he he, <laughs> is, he doesn't have the eye. He goes and gets his 
new axe made instead of his uh uh Molnir. And um Thor was really the only one that could do anything against Thanos. And when yeah. he comes down from the fucking sky during the battle at Wakanda, one of if not the best scene in any Marvel movie. Absolutely agree. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm gonna I'll have my take about this movie too. You just nailed it all though. Um the only last thing I'll say is I it this kind of goes back to what we were saying about Knock at the Cabin. I enjoy when movies don't have the fluffy happy ending. Mm-hmm. This was anything but a fluffy happy ending. Half this the world the just movie. died. <laughs> yeah. This is the movie that said it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, unbelievable. I love so, this movie too. Uh, like I said, I'll go ahead and just go ahead and say my last yeah. two now because they go hand in hand. It's Infinity War and Endgame. Those are my last two. But you pretty much just nailed everything you said there with Infinity War. They really do go hand in hand, but they were can't miss cinema. Leaving Infinity yeah. War felt like Thanos won. You just couldn't wait for Endgame to come out, which we didn't even know the title of yet back then. It was such a wild time with like fan theories and trying to avoid spoilers and waiting to see what happened. It was nuts. The theater experience for these two movies was completely unmatched. Two absolutely packed theater theaters uh, with a line to get in, tickets bought weeks in advance. You know, everybody cheering and laughing together it was something you don't get a lot of movie theaters these days. And uh, I'm never going to clap at the end of a movie though. That's that's so lame. I refuse to do that. It's like People clapping when a plane lands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I refuse to do that. But you nailed it on the head whenever you said like. At the beginning of the movie, Hulk showing up and just saying Thanos is coming. That really sets the tone for the whole damn movie because this is really like a Thanos movie. Yeah. Uh, and then you get Thor, like Thor and Wakanda with Rock and Groot is probably the best scene in the MCU. I would agree with that probably. Uh, but the ending, seeing everybody get dusted like that, and then it just ends, and you're like, "What? That's it? Yeah. No, no post credit scene, nothing." So and then, and then they, they slap you with the the you know how it's always like. Uh, the Avengers will be back or something shit like that. Yeah. They all it said was Thor or Thor. Thanos will be back. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. So I'll just go ahead and loop that right into Endgame. A lot of that stands with Endgame 2. My favorite moments, uh, Endgame, obviously Snap being reversed and bringing back all the Avengers that we just talked about getting dusted. And then you get like Falcon coming out of the portal and telling Captain America on your left, like he did in the one Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. All the portals opening up, everybody come back out. That was awesome. Captain America wielding Mjolnir was absolutely electric moment. Just going to say it, had to say it, pun intended. Uh, finally giving them that Avengers assemble. And then Iron Man saying, you know, I am Iron Man and snapping it away. Completely just chills. Unbelievable. I love both these movies. But if I had to pick one, I'd say Infinity War over Endgame. Thank only you. because it sets everything <laughs> into motion. But I love them both. But All right. yeah, unbelievable. This is the only one I'm going to push back on is Endgame. I so I, I I was with you on on both of those right. It's like no, you can't miss cinema. I don't know the mm-hmm. last movie we had that where literally everyone was going to see it. Yeah, um, they had to put out like uh, messages to everyone saying, "Hey, shut up about the movie. Shut up. No spoilers. Yes. Don't ruin it for everyone." And people were, for the most part, there's dickheads every now and then. You you know there's going to mm-hmm. be, but for the yeah. most part, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, no, we're not saying a thing." Um. It's good, and then you know the build up to, to end game. I'm like, oh shit, okay, what what happens? What are they gonna do? Mm-hmm. I was n- not mad, disappointed when in the first fifteen twenty minutes, whatever it is, 
Captain America shows you, I'm fucking here. I'm Captain America. Or not <laughs> Captain America. Captain Marvel. Jesus. <laughs> I'm Captain Marvel. Let's go find him. And they find Thanos cut off his head immediately. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like zero build-up. Where were you at three minutes ago? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Completely just like fucked me up for the rest of the movie. I'm like, okay. And then I have problems with movies uh, with time travel. Um, yeah, it is always tough to nail that. It, you have to do it right. And there has to be consequences to the time travel. And yes, the consequence was Tony Stark dying. Um, and Captain America going back to his time and, and banging old people. Yeah. Um, so Such that, a funny meme, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. But yeah, it has to be done right. And I don't like when time travel is used to just reverse shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, half the world died. Fuck. I would have rather it been, we got to move forward. Those people are gone. We need to prevent shit from happening again. We need to go out and kill Thanos. And I wish it would have been more of a buildup. Sure, they kill him twice, I guess. But um, like I said, with the first, uh, what was it? Infinity, Infinity War, like I said, with that movie, it was a longer movie, but it felt like it wasn't. There was something going on at all the times. There were parts during Endgame where I'm like, okay, nothing's happening. This needs to yeah. end. This one, I just checked, this is the one that ended up being just about three hours long. Yeah. So it is I, It is a long movie. <laughs> but I wanted that going in. I wanted it to be as long I as possible too. to get all that. But yeah, there are some points where you're like, okay, could be cut, whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. And um, I think the other part was, I was they were we were missing a lot of the characters I really liked, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I already said it. Spider-Man's my favorite. He wasn't in this. Um, Spider-Man and the guardians, right? Or yeah. Most the, of the guardians. Yeah, got snapped the off. guardians. So yeah, I had, I had an issue with that. Um, mm -hmm. And this isn't about this, but I'm worried about guardians three because Gamora's back. Yeah. Like it's like, there's no consequences to anything. And I, I, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Ant-Man jumping in was hilarious, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. All, all the memes, too, about how Ant-Man was just going to show up and go up Thanos' butt and explain and go. That was so, absolutely They should have done it. Should've they should have done, done it, or at least, like, <laughs> memed it or something or mentioned it. Maybe they'll bring that up in Quantum Mania. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> what were your all honorable right. mentions, though? Yeah, my honorable mentions, um, I had two of them. Uh, I almost had... Three. You know what? Fuck it. I have three. <laughs> so uh -huh. uh, number number one, uh, Deadpool. Um, oh, see, I forgot all about those two. Just great movies. Kind of completely different, right? It, it's silly. Yeah. It's really funny. Ryan Reynolds obviously embodies Deadpool. That was set in stone. Yeah. Um, but hilarious movie. I, I that's mm -hmm. one I can rewatch a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, next I had Civil War. I thought that okay, was that's I, mine too. I like the ones where, um, kind of like Multiverse of Madness, where the, the good guy becomes a bad guy. And yeah. in, in Civil War, you're like, oh, well, who is the bad guy? You know, yeah, are, you are, yeah, are you team, uh, team America, World Police, or are you <laughs> Iron Man? Um, so that, those were two I had. And then I ended up taking this one off because I have a hard time kind of remembering it. But mm -hmm. I, I know it was good. And that was Logan. 
Oh, shit, you're right. I forgot about that, too. See, I was thinking more MCU when I did my list. I didn't really go into the expanded stuff like you did, but that movie rules. I love yeah, that movie. Yeah, just end of the end of the life of uh, uh, Wolverine and um, mm -hmm. well, I can't, the bald guy. Uh, Professor X. Professor X. Charles Xavier, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. training kind of the, the new replacement for him. Um, and then they get some Johnny Cash hurt playing in there, even oh, though that's yeah. a, that's a nine inch nail song, but Johnny Cash did it very well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, L Logan was up there for me, but also like, as I was looking through this, there's so many that I, I kind of forget. Um, yeah. by no means would this be at the top near the top of my list, but growing up, I love the blade movies. I watch those a lot. I don't think I ever did actually. That was oh. just like. I was never a big Blade guy, or like, uh, what were those other movies? Like, uh, the the one with the chick that was a vampire or something like that? Underworld. Underworld, that's it, yeah. Yes. I was never really big into those. Um, yeah, they were good. Wesley Snipes and uh, Ryan Reynolds is actually in Blade Trinity. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, that that's what I had for my runner-ups, we'll call them. Yeah, I had a couple too. I had Thor Ragnarok. That one really completely just changed how Thor was in the MCU. He went from being like just dull and boring to funny as hell, yeah. cool, likable. And that movie set up uh, Infinity War. So that was cool. And then uh, I also had Civil War. That movie was just really good. We get Spider-Man for the first time, like we said. Uh, then I had Far From Home, which, I mean, I like this whole Spider-Man trilogy, the most recent one. Far From Home is really cool, though, because, like we said before, I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot. I thought he was really good as um, Mysterio in that. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I also just had the original Iron Man set everything up. Really good movie, too. RDJ. Man himself. Yeah. Um, oh, well, Ty, let's run through these and, and put them in order. Um, I think we ended up with eight total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Let's go ahead and throw those in order here. We'll we'll take a quick second to do that. Um, unless you, you have your order ready, then uh, I do too, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I have my order set up. I, that's how I listed them uh, whenever I had my notes ready to go. Awesome. So let's uh, let's go ahead and um, how do we want to do this? We'll go. Uh, we'll go from. Well, I just have it ordered here. Uh, let's start from here. Spider Man Two. Tobey Maguire. Ooh. Okay, I would probably put that. Okay, I actually wasn't ready because I forgot we had eight. But um, I would probably go ahead and put that at eight. Okay, at the bottom. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I ended up with that at five. So I'm just oh, okay. kind of a running thing here. Um, yeah, so I ended up with that at five. So for now, that's in both first and last place. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's hop on to the next one here. Uh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Oh, that's tough. I'll, I'll go ahead and put that at three. Okay. That, I put that at three as well. Um, so currently that is sitting at number one. Uh, let's just finish out the Spider-Man. No way home. Uh, I'll go ahead and put that at four. Four. Okay. I have that at one. Oh. Yeah. That, that ended up being my favorite here. Um, very close to Infinity War. But again, I, I'm big on the Spider-Man. No way home. Fantastic. Brought it all together. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, that puts No Way Home currently in first, Spider-Verse, and then Spider-Man 2. Next one, we got uh, Multiverse of Madness. 
Okay, so I'll go ahead and give that a five. Alrighty. Then I had that at seven. So that comes in just ahead of Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, Infinity War. Infinity War 1. One okay, that okay. This that looks good. That might be locked in. I have it at two. Okay. Um. So currently, that is in first place. Endgame. I I put last. I put eight. Oh, I have that at two. Two. All right. That puts it in between. Uh. Spider Verse and Multiverse of Madness. So, uh, it's. I'm sorry. It puts it just ahead of both of those. Okay. Uh. Guardians Volume 1. I'll go ahead and give that 6. I also had 6. Guardians Volume 2. I'll go 7 on that. 7. Okay. So with those ranked, um, number 1 does end up being Infinity War, and I, I do think that's fair. That's the hands down. That's yeah. got to be it. Because it, it's best of both worlds, right? Because we, yeah. we enjoyed it, and it was a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. And something we didn't really hit on other than saying like this was the movie that like theaters were always packed for it had a big impact on just like i i can say like society yeah um, it did. there are very few movies that stop the world yeah um, and i think this has to be one of them yeah definitely and like we said uh it's a culmination of like 20 some odd other movies and now everything's kind of trying to kind of replicate that formula of having a universe yeah and i i gotta say i don't think it has worked out for anyone else yet no it definitely hasn't even dc they're trying but it ain't nothing's come close yet yeah so uh first place infinity war second place no way home i also think that's fair yeah definitely that one's great too uh third uh into the spider-verse mm-hmm. uh fourth Ended up being uh, Endgame. Nice. Even though okay. we were pretty far on that, that ended up being fourth place, which is middle. I think that's fair. I just, I definitely I just think that's fair. Reservations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a tie for fifth place between Guardians Volume 1 and Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry. No, we don't. Fifth place is Guardians Volume 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have a tie for sixth place between Multiverse of Madness and Guardians 1. Okay. And then, finally, last is Spider-Man 2. Again, that, that makes sense. I give it a little bit of a, of a bump just because it was uh, one of the films that got this stuff started. Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I think that's a pretty maybe. solid list. I think that's pretty dead accurate as how I would actually rank them. Yeah, I think ab absolutely fair. You know, maybe there's some that are in between some of these. Like, I, I know yeah. I have a few movies ahead of Endgame, but for our nominations and, and setting, like, those boundaries, yeah, that's solid. Maybe let's see if Ant-Man jumps in here. It's going to be a big week. I'm excited, man. We'll see here Thursday at 4 o'clock. Awesome. So we will be back next week. Uh, talking about some Ant-Man. All righty, here we go. All right, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys.